Before I get rolling here, I better tell you who I am. Uh, I am Father Ross Burkhalter. I'm the new associate uh, of Holton Boyd County Catholic Churches. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be with you. I've been in O'Neill at least on a couple, two, three different occasions. And uh, it's kind of nice because for the first time in 21 years, I am no longer the pastor. And so anytime you have a question for me about something to be done or whatever else, no matter how great or small, you're going to hear something come for me, and it's going to be to the point of nauseating. I will ask Father Starman. Okay. I realize it'll probably drive you nuts, but until I learn things the O'Neill way or the Holton Boyd County way, I'm going to rely on him a lot. So just bear with me, uh, and after a while, I'll get things kind of figured out. Okay. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. When I was at Mary Our Queen in my first assignment as a priest, I got a call after a Saturday night mass from the hospital at Bergen. There was a parishioner of ours who was dying, and they wanted me to come. And so I did, and I was fully expecting to see this man hooked up with tubes and all that other kind of stuff and a very deeply grieving family. So imagine my surprise when I walked into his room and found him sitting up in bed, smiling in a good mood, and his family also uh, very... I don't want to say lighthearted, but definitely not the way I expected them to be. And he explained that there was a Jesuit priest who came before me, anointed the man, gave him a picture, and everything else. I didn't know what to say. I found out about his name. I realized that he had been a football player at UNO. And he agreed. He said, yeah, that was me. But he didn't really seem to be interested in talking about that. So already he was beginning to detach, if you will, from the things of this world. So after chatting with him for a while, I said, well, okay, you know, gave him a blessing and went home, figuring, you know, I've heard about when people get anointed that they make a, a real sudden turnaround. Well, I got a call later on. Three hours later, he was dead. And I realized right there and then the power that the sacrament of the anointing of the sick can have. Now today, Jesus is sending out the apostles two by two. He would not be a very good seminary formation director because here's what he's telling them to do. First off, number one, you're to take nothing with you for the journey. Now, I don't know about you, but we got to be prepared for stuff. Taking nothing on a journey isn't necessarily what any of us would want to do. We were to have a walking stick. That's good. I probably would have had a few complaints to the Lord if he wouldn't allow me to take a walking stick at least. But here you have no food, no sack. In other words, people that begged would have a sack, and when they begged, they'd put in the sack. They would have no money in their belts. They were to wear sandals, which was considered to be the poorest of footwear, but not a second tunic. In other words, you weren't there for a fashion show. You were there to take what you needed and go and preach. And then said this, into whatever town or house you enter, Stay there until you leave. It was oriental hospitality that if they invited you into their home, you didn't leave early. That would be an affront to the guest. You stayed there, and you preached. Now, here was the thing that would happen, though. 
if there were people there that would not listen to you, you were to shake the dust off of your feet in testimony against those people. Jewish people, uh, uh, the people of Israel, before they entered back into the Holy Land from pagan territory, would shake the dust off of their feet. They would not allow any pagan turf, literally, to enter into the Holy Land. But what were they sent to do? To preach the kingdom of God, and what were the two things about the kingdom of God that would let people know that the kingdom of God is upon you? Number one, you were to expel demons, and number two, you were to cure the sick, taking oil with you. Now, Jesus gives two different types of things that they were supposed to do. And a lot of times it happens, a lot of these modern biblical scholars like to think there really wasn't expulsion of demons. Because back then, of course, anybody who was suffering from any type of a mental illness was considered to be possessed by a demon. Of course, we know now that uh, we have names for those things, psychology and so forth and so on. But I think that really sells Jesus short. He knew the difference between somebody who was disturbed and somebody who was possessed. And he made sure that the, the apostles also knew that there was a difference. And when you encountered somebody who was really and truly possessed, he was giving his apostles and those who would succeed after them, the bishops and priests, the power to be able to expel demons in his name. And let's be frankly honest, folks, we need that ministry badly today. For a long time, it was neglected because we were trying to be modern. We were trying to be scientific. We were trying to be medically up-to-date. Now, what people forget is that an exorcist always has a doctor and somebody of the medical field to make sure that they were dealing with something that could not be explained in any way, shape, or form in a medical, psychological way. That this really and truly was something beyond explanation, something beyond nature, and thus the need for an exorcism. But we need it today because we are having a great amount of people who are falling away from the faith and really even from belief. Belief in Christ, belief in the church, the sacraments, so forth and so on. People aren't believing in nothing. They're believing in anything. And many times they will re they'll run after things that are deemed spiritual, the occult and everything else. Now, at, one of my, at my former parish a while back, I talked about how you could go into a toy store, many toy stores, and you will find in those toy stores Ouija boards. And it says on there for ages eight and up. Now, when I was a kid, some of you are old enough, obviously, to remember this as well, there used to be candy cigarettes. And they had all the different types of cigarettes that were, that were you know, being sold. And I always liked Camel because of the package. And let's be frankly honest, I liked my sugar sticks unfiltered. <laughs> but why did they take them off the market for? Because there was the potential 
that a young person may later on pick up the real deal and start smoking them. So they're off the market. I, I think there was something down in the old market Omaha. They used to sell those. I don't know if they still do or not. If we were willing to take something off the market that was considered to be potentially dangerous, we have something here that we have no doubt is considered to be highly dangerous. You don't mess with a Ouija board for the very simple reason is, is that you are not going to be communicating with Uncle Fred and Aunt Ethel, but rather with something that could be very, very diabolical. Even people who use the spirit boards and that stuff will tell you, you got to have proper training for it. But right now, I don't see a Surgeon General's warning on a Ouija board. We have to be very, very careful. There's also those who are involved in lifestyles that are still against God's law and the teaching of the church. And as long as people continue to mess with that deep enough and hard enough, there will be need for exorcist. But there's another form of healing that the apostles were called to do. That was to anoint people with oil. Now, of course, back in the old days, they called it extreme unction. And today, we still have the need to do that anointing before death. Jesus, after all, praised Mary for anointing him before his death. We also know, too, though, that people who are sick seriously need to have the help and the graces of the sacrament. And the effects of the sacrament of anointing the sick are awesome. A particular gift of the Holy Spirit that offers comfort, peace, and courage. Remember the guy that I visited at Bergen and how he was able to handle that with great courage. In fact, even almost lighthearted. And then there is also those who are anointed just for the frailty of old age. Let's be frankly honest. We can't do what we used to be able to do as you get older. The sacrament of the sick is there to help them. There is also those who can be restored to health miraculously, where death is postponed. But we also have to remember, too, that death is not an evil in the sense that we try to avoid it at all costs. You can't do that. Eventually, we will all face it, but if we face it as Christians, it is a door to be opened up rather than something that is seen as an evil that we have to avoid at all cost. Then there is that way of being able to strengthen that they can intercede for the church with their suffering to help to save souls. It also is a way that if the person is not mentally able to or is unconscious, could have forgiveness of sins, both venial as well as mortal, if that person would have confessed or would have been able to confess. They would have asked for that sacrament. And finally, of course, once again, in that fight against evil, the devil will spare nothing to go after you. He will wait, he will go right to your very last breath to try to get you. This sacrament helps you to give that fight, and it doesn't matter how holy we are, the devil will not stop. But in any event, we remind ourselves that in our fight against evil, that in our struggles with sickness, we can join with others that are suffering as well for the salvation of souls. We could pray for that healing, if it's God's will, a physical one, but at the very least, a spiritual one. And in the expulsion of demons and the curing of the sick, these were extensions of Jesus' own ministry. 
And so when the apostles preached, they were preparing us all to enter into the kingdom of the church. We are called to repent, like John the Baptist called us to do, for the kingdom has come and will come. We prepare ourselves right up to the very end by our repentance of sin, as well as our praying when we are suffering the effects of sin.